When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. I'm set I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro from smalltownhomestead.com. And guess what, folks? We're halfway through our 30 days of homesteading Q&A. Yes, it's day 15, and this is where I've reached out to some of the best bloggers and podcasters in the homesteading space to answer your questions about homesteading. And, uh, well, we have a great question today, and we have a really great answer. Um, Today's question is, do you have any suggestions on where to get free stuff for the garden, like mulch, compost, or soil that would be chemical-free and safe? I think it is a great question. Um... Most people are trying to homestead on a budget, you know. We're trying to have a garden with food that's safe to eat, and uh, we don't want a lot of chemicals and and, and garbage in our garden. That's why we do it. But we also don't have an endless amount of money, and, you know, buying buying materials can be a little expensive sometimes. So, you know, is, is there anything out there we can get our hands on that's worth getting that isn't going to break the bank? And uh, answering today's question is David the Good from the survivalgardener.com. And uh, David shares with us a few things. He's going to tell us uh, why we need to be careful about where we get our soil amendments. And uh, he's going to have some great tips on where to get some free stuff and advice on um, feeding your plants with what you already have. And, of course, uh, he's going to have some other great composting tips. So, uh, David, help us out here. Where can we get some free stuff for our garden? Hey there, this is David the Good, author of Compost Everything, The Good Guide to Extreme Composting, and the creator of TheSurvivalGardener.com. I'm going to answer a question today, and this question is, do you have any suggestions on where to get free stuff for the garden, like mulch, compost, or soil that would be chemical-free and safe? Unfortunately, I am very well suited to answer this question because a few years ago, I picked up a load of cow manure from a local dairy, and we had gotten manure from them before, or friends had gotten manure from them before and never had a problem. However, when we put it on our gardens, within a month or so, things started getting really screwy. The new tomatoes started curling up, the leaves started curling, my blackberries out front started curling up, some of my trees quit growing. All kinds of bizarre things happened. The growth started to get all twisted and fractalized and ugly and screwed up. And I realized there was something going on. And at first I thought it was a virus. And I thought maybe the plants are getting a little too burned. Maybe there's too much nitrogen. 
but the look of it was so strange and so evil and twisted looking, and it was happening across so many species, I thought, man, there is something going on here, and there's got to be something in that manure. So I started doing some research, and after searching online all kinds of different sites that were not helpful at all, I came across the story of a community garden in the UK that had been hit with a massive kill off of their plants because of manure that had been brought in. Now I was on the right track and I got the name of the compound, aminopyrrolid, and then I found that it comes from Dow AgroSciences Grazon, which is recommended by universities to control pigweed and blackberries and broadleaf weeds in hay and wheat fields and it's considered to be safe. You can you can spray it around anything that's in the grass family or grass relatives and it doesn't really hurt them but it hurts just about everything else including all your vegetables and your trees it's considered safe for animals to graze on which is why it has the name graze on and it's been recommended like crazy i mean it's all over the place a lot of the local hay fields and hay farmers are using this stuff and spraying it to control the weeds so they don't have all the weeds in the hay but then the hay is bundled up and it's sold to animals or you know the animals are grazing directly on it which was the case with the local farmer that sold me the manure because I gave him a call and I asked if he had sprayed anything and he said, well, no, we don't usually spray anything. Well, this year for the first time we did use a compound. Uh, I'll have to look out and find out what it is. It was recommended by the university. So sure enough, it was Grazon and it had aminopyrrolids in it. Now these things are so nasty that they can go into the digestive tract of an animal through its mouth when they eat the hay and then be passed through into the manure and then the manure can be composted and even a couple of years later it can still destroy your garden. This stuff is nasty. It can take a beautiful garden and turn it into a wasteland. And not only that, it's everywhere. It's on the fields, it's in the supply of hay, and it's also in straw from the wheat and the oat fields and the barley fields. It's ubiquitous now and it it didn't come out that long ago it's been less than 10 years and a lot of people have wondered what has happened to my garden why is my garden so screwed up what happened i don't know maybe i made a mistake maybe there's some virus maybe it was a bad year whatever else they don't realize that they poisoned their garden with the very amendments that were supposed to help i have reluctantly come to the conclusion that there is really no safety when it comes to adding hay or straw or manure to the garden because you don't know what the animals have been eating for sure. If they get any bought-in feed, it may be contaminated with this stuff. And a lot of farmers supplement the animals with hay during the winter, and you've got a big manure pile out there, and some of it probably has some aminopyrrolids in it, and you mix that into your garden, you destroy your garden. I literally lost over $1,000 worth of plants and gardens that year that that happened. But on the upside, it launched my career as a garden writer, I had been doing some column work, and I had written for radio, and I'd done a lot of bits and pieces, but I was so upset by this. After I did the research and figured out what happened, I contacted a local magazine and said, hey, I want to write an article for you, and they said, go for it. So I wrote it and sent it to them, and it was published, and then they asked me if I wanted to do a regular ongoing column, and then I was later contacted by Mother Earth News about my experience, and I got to write for them, and now I'm writing gardening books. So, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, but... All that to say, it's very difficult to find stuff that you can trust. Here's another thing you may not consider. When you're bringing in potting soil or you're bringing compost, a lot of places sell compost that you can bring in. Where do they get that compost? You know, what is in that to begin with? Has it been tested for heavy metals? 
Has it been tested for persistent herbicides? Because I can tell you, a lot of stuff that's been used in composting facilities, it may come into the composting facility with a toxic waste sign on the side, and then it goes out the other side as a wonderful source of green, renewable compost, right? Well, biosolids are one of the things that are being used, and biosolids is just a nice word for sludge or sewer sludge. I love the idea of recycling human waste, and it can be done very safely with a composting toilet system, and I write on that in my book, Compost Everything. However, when you have a city or municipal system of sewage, there's a lot more than just sewage that gets dumped down those pipes. You've got everything from runoff from the local garage to uh, industrial waste to whatever gets flushed down the toilets and drain cleaners and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things, including, I mean, even birth control hormones go through into the water supply. There's a lot of stuff that can build up in that, and not all of it is easy to separate. So you may be getting mostly good matter, you know, in the case of, hey, look, we've got milorganite, right, which comes from Milwaukee's septic system. You may have a lot of it that's really good, and the plants really love it, and they do great, but you might also have arsenic, cadmium, cobalt, lead, you know, who knows what else is in there. And that's the terrifying thing. Where is it coming from, and is it going to build up in your garden, and is it going to affect your health? Your plants may not notice that there's arsenic or cobalt or, you know, something along those lines in there, but your health can be affected by that, and you can end up poisoning a plot of your garden very permanently by letting that stuff get in there and build up. And I know that a lot of us want to garden organically and we care. And the reason we are growing food is we want to keep our family safe from a lot of the toxicity of the system. But if you're bringing in matter from elsewhere onto your plot, you better be really careful in where it's coming from. And a lot of the compost that you buy is not safe. So do I have any good sources for free stuff? I'll tell you what. I used to sweep up all the hay and the straw and the alfalfa and all that stuff from the feed store, and I don't do it anymore because of the issue with aminopyrrolids and other herbicides. I used to go ahead and buy big piles of compost to add in before I did some more reading and I realized that there's some serious issues with heavy metals and other things that can get into your garden. Where do you get free stuff? I'll tell you, my favorite source of free material is when the trucks go through the neighborhood and clear the power lines. They'll go along the power lines and they'll shred up all the vines and they shred up the trees and they shred up whatever is growing along there. They have this big shredding truck and it shreds all that matter and they make these great big piles of mulch. I found that that stuff is so awesome to pile around your trees. I trust it because it's not coming from an industrial source. It's coming just from whatever trees are growing along the road. They're not in a big field. They're not getting sprayed with stuff, most likely. And a lot of it, if there is a little bit of contamination, it's not going to be nearly as much as um, an industrial-type situation. So I have thrown that stuff in my food forest out in the front yard and put it down to a foot or two deep in some places and let it rot for a couple of years. And the soil underneath is incredible. The worm content is incredible. The fungi that show up are really good. And I like that stuff. So if you can find trucks working in your neighborhood or call local tree companies and say, can you give me some of that shredded stuff? Just drop it on my house all you like. They'll often give it to you for free. And if not... You bribe the uh, driver and say, look, I'll give you 20 bucks to buy yourself lunch if you can drop me a load. And I'll give you 20 bucks for each additional load. And that's a lot cheaper than buying stuff. And this stuff is safe. 
So that's one source for free materials that I would jump on top of and take advantage of if you've got tree companies running through your area. Another method that people don't really consider usually is growing your own compost. If you grow crops that you can till under, they call it green manure. You know, you can grow peanuts, you can grow peas. I've gone down to the local Whole Foods place where they have all those bins with a whole bunch of different seeds, you know, quinoa and amaranth and barley and rye, and they've got all these those grains, beans, peas, lentils. I'll mix them all together into a cover crop mix and throw them all over the ground, and it's cheaper than buying seed, and they'll grow, and they do great. And then you can chop them and till them under the ground and feed the soil. You make your compost right in place. Another thing I do is I plant nitrogen-fixing trees next to my fruit trees. And as they grow, they add nitrogen to the soil. And every time I cut that nitrogen-fixing tree back, I chop the top of it up and I throw it around the base of the fruit tree so it's mulching from the top, but it's also dropping nitrogen nodules off its roots from below the surface. And this is called chop and drop. And it's a permaculture idea of just using the forest to build more forest. So say you've got an invasive tree that's a pain in the neck, you can actually just cut that thing down over and over again. Every time it grows back, instead of going, I can't believe I can't kill that stupid tree, just take advantage of its invasive and crazy growth pattern, chop it up, and throw it on the ground next to another tree. Just keep chopping branches and drop them, and they'll get worked into the ground over time, and they'll feed the soil. There's a perennial sunflower that I grow in my climate. It probably only grows from zones 8 to 10 or so. It's called Tithonia diversifolia. Some people call it Mexican sunflower, but there's a Mexican sunflower that's an annual, and this one is a perennial cousin of that. If you take that thing and you grow it in your yard, it's a 20-foot tall sunflower that comes back from the ground every year. It freezes to the ground and comes back. So I chop those things over and over again, drop them on the ground. And the stems of this rapidly growing plant are filled with phosphorus and micronutrients and nitrogen. So I chop them up, plant them next to trees, and they get tall and they shade the tree. And I chop them down three or four times a year and just throw all that rough leaf matter around and let it rot into the ground. You can do this further north with comfrey. You can do it with Jerusalem artichokes. You can do it with just about any bushy, fast-growing, fleshy plant that rots fast. If you got something that doesn't rot fast, you can use it too, but just know you're going to have sticks on the ground for a while until they rot in. So consider growing your own compost. If you've got an area of the yard that uh, grows like crazy and you don't feel like mowing it anymore, mow it a couple of times a year, gather it up, pile it in the compost pile, let it rot. You got pokeweed showing up in the yard. Let it grow until it gets real big. Right before it sets seeds, chop the top of it off. Go throw it in the compost pile. Go throw it next to a tree that might need a little extra nutrition. And then you take all the work that that weed did and you give it over to a tree that could use the boost. Anyhow, there's a few ideas for you. It's probably not the most optimistic answer in the world, you know, telling you to avoid everything. But really, Watch your back. You can do a lot of damage. And I have gotten contacted by so many people that have destroyed their gardens with long-term herbicides and other issues that I want you to not have the same thing happen. So go out there, find some tree company mulch, grow your own compost, get a copy of my book, Compost Everything, The Good Guide to Extreme Composting. And I'll give you ideas for composting that you've never heard of before and that are really easy and work with nature instead of against it. Visit me on the web at thesurvivalgardener.com, thesurvivalgardener.com. I am David the Good, and you can find my books on Amazon. Have a great time out there gardening, and God bless. Wow, do you ever uh, <laughs> do you ever come across that person that when you hear them talk, 
you realize you don't know as much as you thought you knew. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel right now, listening to David talk. I'll tell you what, when uh, I received his answer a couple days ago, I listened to it, and I immediately uh, went to Amazon and bought his book <laughs> because I thought, wow, I want to hear what this guy has to say. And I had a good conversation on Twitter uh, a few days ago with David, and uh, just a great guy, full of great advice. And uh, he's got some great YouTube videos out there. I recommend you go check out his website, thesurvivalgardener.com, and uh, check out his YouTube videos there. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes. And um, you can also get a link to David's book, Compost Everything, The Good Guide to Extreme Composting, there in the show notes. And, um, wow, that's just some great stuff from from David there. Uh, I'll add a couple things. He mentioned the mulch. Uh, that you can get from the tree trimming companies. Also, I would say, you know, if you've got some friends or some family and you know for a fact that they don't spray their yard with anything, or maybe even their neighbors don't either, and uh, maybe they run a lawnmower and they bag that stuff up, you know, grass clippings can be a real good asset uh, to your garden if you can make sure, though, that they don't have any chemicals on them. And uh, leaves, you know, this time of the year, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people raking up leaves. You take those and mulch them up with a lawnmower, and that's a great addition to your garden. So there's just a couple free things. Again, make sure that what you're getting your hands on is chemical-free. And, uh, you know, I learned some stuff from David there. I've used straw in the past, uh, mixed it in with uh, with manure I have here on my homestead, you know, rabbits and, and chickens and such. So I want to make sure where I'm getting my uh, straw from from here on out. They do bed in it, and then I just mix it in with the manure. So that's something I want to look into. So thanks, David, for that. Great stuff. And um, be looking forward to uh, checking out a lot of your videos online for some more great advice. Um, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, go to smalltownhomestead.com slash compost everything. Make sure you check back with us in a couple days for another great question and answer. And until then... Happy homesteading. God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you.